This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. This podcast is produced by podcastandradio.com. Small Biz. Small Biz America. The Brain. She's been featured in Forbes, The Huffington Post, and The Business Insider. Amanda Abea has created an online community where millennials can learn how to make money online and actually enjoy their financial journeys. Imagine that. Her ever-growing community is currently made up of more than 30,000 individuals across social media and email subscriber channels. She's with us on the line, joining us from South Florida. Amanda, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, David. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. We've talked about a, a whole range of subjects uh, on some other podcasts recently, so I'm excited to dig in and sort of explore the other areas that uh, we may not have covered there, and, and maybe there's a, a little bit of an eclipse as well, right? Who knows? I love doing podcasts, especially with like different people, because right. different stories come out, different angles come out, because you know this. It's so hard to get the whole story on just one podcast. Oh, yeah. No, serial podcasting is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned the word story. So for business owners, we hear a lot of this right now. And I want to get your sort of POV on all of this. You know, the power of the story for business owners. Uh, how do you like to think about this or frame it for your clients? Ooh, this is one of my favorite subjects, actually, because this is exactly what I teach my students how to do in my Persuade to Profit six-week program. And I'll actually even give you an example from my Instagram account from yesterday so that your listeners really can sort of get a visual from what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But stories are so important. It's what helps us connect to other people. I think we're living in an age where, uh, number one, there's a lot of things competing for people's attention, right? So because of that, you need to be able to connect to them in a way to kind of grab their attention. Like it's like Gary Vaynerchuk says, like the attention is the most important thing right now. And for me, you know, one of the most powerful ways to grab that attention is to really connect to someone through a story. Um, I think the other thing that's important is that business owners sort of humanize themselves, especially if they have some sort of online presence. I have this conversation with business owners all the time. You can't get away with just having like a corporate name anymore. Like people want to know who is behind this. Why should we be hiring you of all people? 
And I also tell people all the time, there's nothing new under the sun. The only thing that separates you from your competition is your story. I love that. And the who behind the business. It's all emotional is what I meant to mm-hmm. say. Not, It's not commercial. It's not a, uh, a facade of corporate something or other. Yeah, we want to know who's behind that business and why should we should hire them. I'm going to guess that many of your clients are solopreneurs and therefore they're kind of spread across the spectrum of activities uh, around marketing, communications, sales. Mm-hmm. And, and this all folds into the work you do, doesn't it? It does. And let me give you the example from Instagram Perfect. to show you guys exactly what I mean. So if you guys want to go find this, I don't know when this is going live and Instagram took dates away, <laughs> but basically I'll describe the photo for you. And this is a perfect example. So it's a picture of me on my laptop and this is all story. So basically what I did is I said, Hey, I've been doing a lot of guest appearances on radio and podcasts recently. David, you know, that's true. Right. Absolutely. And I keep getting asked how an English lit major ended up in finance. I'm also getting asked how I started on this blogging journey. So I basically said like, Hey, for those of you who just found me on Instagram, here are a couple things you need to know. I've been blogging for almost eight years. That's like millennia. I made $5 my first month and I've also had day jobs. And the reason I say this is because it's very easy to look online and feel like you're falling behind. And I want to let you know how this world actually works. So I've decided to put my entire story on my blog, go visit here, so-and-so. So I kind of paraphrased it just now, but basically what I did is I showed a picture of myself because that is what's really performing well on Instagram right now I noticed right because people want to connect to me right I noticed something that's going on in my particular industry which is people feeling like they're left behind because they just see people's wins on social media and they themselves feel like their businesses aren't having as much success I called it out Right. And then I used my story saying, hey, look, I know what that feels like. I made five bucks my first month, but look where I am now. For those of you who just found me right. Here's my story. Go find it on my website. Oh, wow. By the way, the website is www.amandaabeya.com. Yeah. Exactly. Amandaabeya.com. Just like it's A-B-E-L-L-A. And that's where we can find the whole story. But this is this is really powerful. And for you know someone like me who, you know, as a boomer, and you know this, I'm a little bit older. So I've found that over the years, let's say podcasting, I've begun to allow more of myself come into the fold of what I do on mic. And I think it, it's helping me to connect with the world, to get me out of my bubble. Uh, you know, I'm a creative guy. And so I, I want to believe that this applies to everyone you're working with and how you're advising them, obviously. But this story that you're talking about, there's also the empathetic piece to it, right? Yes, of course. And that's what people want. They really want connection. And by the way, that is one of my highest performing Instagram posts to date. So So the power of a story goes really far. Yeah. So for those of us who are everywhere in business online, but maybe don't feel focused and do feel left behind, how do you help your clients and how do you help, you know, in the courses you teach, the web, whatever you're doing to disseminate? And we'll get to that in terms of how you show up everywhere. But how do you help people focus on the prioritized things they need to do at whatever stage they may be at in their business? Well, first of all, it starts with mindset. So I have a six-week program called Persuade to Profit. You'll basically walk out with your marketing research um, and offering and a basic sales funnel set up in six weeks. Wow. The 
pre-work for that, right? So not even the work for the program, but the pre-work is about mindset uh, because that's where you need to start. You need to sort of start shifting your own perspective in terms of the value that you provide for the world. I have a background as a personal finance blogger. The majority of my online entrepreneurship journey has been writing content marketing for financial companies and websites. And through that process, I noticed that there were just a lot of mental barriers that people have toward earning money that they sabotage themselves. So that's where we start in the pre-work, right? So that's the first step is like, you have to be okay with the fact that you want to earn money. And I know that it may sound very crazy that I'm saying that, like who would want to like deny themselves earning money? You'd be surprised. Well, Amanda, that's, that's right. I mean, this is fascinating. I just want to pause because this applied psychology you're describing. I mean, I've even recognized this in my own world, but, but for you to, it's very insightful. I mean, many of us consciously know we want to make money, but there's something going on subconsciously. What have been some of the observational blocks you've observed in the folks you've worked with? Blocks around, uh, you know, deservability or, you know, whatever, et cetera, right? Mm. Yeah. Well, so one is um, sort of like perfection and the fear of screwing up. And I was actually <laughs> just talking about this with one of my students because one of my students is local to me. Mm-hmm. We were literally just having this conversation before I got on the podcast. And I think this really perfectly describes what's going on for people and how it happens. So my student, she's a designer, right? And she was at a local pop-up and she was teaching children how to sew like very basic things. And I went to go support and and all that kind of stuff. There was this little girl, she was nine years old, right? Yeah. And you know, my client had to step away for a second. Right. And I was just kind of like observing and I noticed the little girl was struggling and I just, you know, kind of stepped in and I'm like, what's going on? She goes, Oh, I'm so afraid that I messed up. I really messed this up. She was like really being so hard on herself. Right. And I realized, Oh my God, she's nine years old. And she sounds like one of my private clients (laughs) who's in her fifties. Yeah. 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 Right. Which tells us that there's something in the social conditioning everywhere or most everywhere that's holding up this idea of perfection. Maybe. I don't know. Do you see it that way or maybe? Yes, absolutely. 100%. And what my client and I noticed that day was, oh, my gosh, so many of these kids are afraid of screwing up a stitch. Wow. Wow. Like a basic just sewing, like you're just learning how to, they're so terrified of doing it right. wrong. And right. I'm like, this translates over to adulthood. And I've seen oh, yeah. it in my, and it was so weird because, you know, I see it in adults all the time, the fear of not being good enough or the fear of screwing up or the fear of putting yourself out there, which are always yeah. that we block money yeah. and everything really, but especially money, since that's the context that we're, we're talking in. Right. And it starts that young. These were kids. Unbelievable. Amanda, what are some of the other blocks you've observed? I mean, are there deeper psychological things that you help people grapple with or you send them to a therapist or does that come up in the work you do? Yeah. So I actually do have my life coaching certification, which is so funny because I market myself as a business coach because, you know, I understand marketing. But what I often tell people is, listen, all your stuff is going to come up. Just FYI. Like I know this already, right? They may not know. I'm not mentioning it in my marketing because that's not what they're looking for. Right. Right. Um, But it comes up. But I know it's coming up. I know. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like one of my students from my six week program after that, we did a whole three months just on mindset and that was private coaching. And she had this story that 
you know, because she came from a more affluent family or her family was in politics or she felt like things had sort of come easier to her Mm -hmm. that she somehow had not struggled enough to have the success that she has. What a funny story to be telling yourself, right? Because that's what these are. Speaking of stories, (laughs) these are stories we tell ourselves, aren't they? There's stories, yeah. I mean, there's good ones and there's bad ones. Right. But you can use that. I was recently on a, on a major campaign with a financial software company yeah. that I was asked to partake in a really big influencer campaign for them. And you want to know what the campaign was, and it was so brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. It was us financial bloggers telling all our mistakes in terms of our finances. Oh, you but guys actually coming clean on what we, you may have done. Clean. Right. Yeah, us coming clean wow. on our mistakes. And wow. the idea was to get people to be more comfortable talking about money because it's such like a taboo topic, which happens a lot as well. You know, when you're talking about business and earning more money, some people just don't even like talking about it because they were told that it's not allowed. It's taboo. It's this right. and that. Right. Or I've made this mistake or that mistake or this one cleaned me out or whatever. There's so much emotional baggage when it comes to money this is, in it, general. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I look, the name of your book, uh, best-selling on Amazon, is Make Money Your Honey. And it just occurred to me that this is what you're doing. You're ushering back in, reconditioning us to be accepting of the idea that it can be our honey. Is that right? Absolutely, I mean, 100%. It. Your relationship with money is a relationship to anything else. And it's all about you know finding that balance. It's all about self-respect. It's, it's really funny because um, I find that a lot of the things that I teach in business, it's really funny. Um, I find now having to sort of translate over into my personal life in yeah. other areas of yep. my life, obviously yep. not the same thing, right? But a lot of the same skills, a lot of the same mindsets, a lot of the same beliefs, which is why I said the way that people sabotage themselves when it comes to making money is usually how they sabotage themselves with everything. It spills over into all these different verticals within your life, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it spills over to everything. It's just that, um, you know, we're speaking in the context of business and money and career, but it really does spill over to everything. Right. And it's been said that, you know, cultures do that too. I mean, if you've got a CEO that has a certain set of behavioral biases or whatever, uh, just behaviors, uh, or an attitude or a framework of thought or whatever it is, a management style, they're angry, whatever that can trickle down into a culture as well. So this spillover thing happens everywhere. And then for individuals, like we're talking about now, it spills from one compartment of your life, quote unquote, to another compartment, quote unquote, uh, maybe without you even knowing it because it's so deeply rooted and the the narrative is just so embedded in your spirit. So once you've got someone sort of, I'll say on the path because it's probably not a destination, it's a journey. But once you've got someone on the right path for uh, getting their mindset on straight around money, uh, you can help a whole lot with sort of the mechanics of being an online marketer too, can't you? Mm -hmm. Well, the first thing I teach them is once they start figuring out what those stories are for themselves, part of being a good marketer is knowing what those stories are for your market. Wow. What's going on in their heads. That's good. Because they have their own blockages too. And Mm -hmm. it's your job as a business owner and a good marketer to know what's going on. Not, I'm very good at teaching my students. Here's what's going on surface level. Now here's how to find out what they're not telling you. Yeah. What are they not telling you? Is it an empathetic sort of play when you write around this or you talk around it? I mean, is it, it feels to me like you're about 
revealing yourself so that they feel more comfortable revealing themselves too if i've and if it i'm hearing works. you right you get, yeah, yeah it's about revealing yourself and revealing yourself in the sense of number one knowing how you sabotage yourself from the technical perspective but also being able to put that stuff out there like you know the the giant post that i just talked about on instagram which leads people back to to a blog post that's just me putting all my stuff out there Right. You know, and I'm like, right. if I put it all out there, I have nothing to hide. And I think one of the biggest issues people have is that they feel like they need to look perfect in order to make the money when what ends up happening a lot of the time is that the opposite is true because no one relates to perfect. Oh, that's beautiful. And all of this relates to how to become a sought after expert in your field, which is one of the things we were going to talk about today. It occurs to me that this is probably the way to do it as well, right? In other words, if no one's attracted to perfection or this authority sort of uh, positioning that one might feel they need to take. I mean, you can be positioned as an authority and still be raw and real and come clean on your own stuff, right? Of course, 100%. Yeah. And I feel like people respect you more when you do it too. Right, right. Yeah, I have a quick story that relates completely to this. Very quick. I was invited to speak uh, recently at a, it was a luncheon for 50 women, mostly women. There was a couple of men in the room. And I thought, well, how am I going to add value here? I've been sort of in this transitional thing for about a year and a half. And uh, ultimately, I decided that I was going to do something I've never done before. The bold and uh, bravely talked about what I now call, and I actually came up with a, my 15 years of perpetual pointless pivots. And I talked about my experience of going, you know, from being a music producer to buying this bagel company to, to ultimately coming back to, you know, my roots and just it really poured my heart out for this group. And you could hear a pin drop in the room. And then I got some business out of it very readily. One woman was a financial advisor and she came up to me and said, I want to do a podcast and content marketing and, you know, the whole stuff that we love to do. So I have now experienced in my boomerdom, this idea that it's okay to tell the truth and just be, uh, not that I would lie, but I mean, to just be more real, more real. We, and just, I hate yeah. the word authentic because I feel like it's such a buzzword, right? But right. for example, I have a private client now. We're working on some of her marketing and I was reviewing some of her email copy, which I do do for private clients, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, you need to stop sugarcoating how bad the situation is for your clients. <laughs> I mean, so she's like, so what? And I'm like, they're not two-year-olds. They're adults. Give it to them straight. Oh, in other words, when she's on the receiving end of hearing some crazy crap they're throwing at her as their advisor, she needs to... No, in her email marketing, oh. she's trying to pinpoint to them, here's oh. the issue. She's doing it with kid gloves. Oh, it's too vanilla. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. I've been guilty of that, too. I'm guessing all of this really came into your writing as you began to blog more and more and more, because I know you really started as a writer around finance. So I guess you went through this journey of getting more real or were you always that way? I was always pretty real. I mean, I joke around that I started at 22 and I had nothing to lose because I didn't have a job. So yeah. who was, mm. what was going to happen? Who was going to come after yeah. me? I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a great place to come from, from that perspective, you know? <laughs> um, I think it was also a time, and this is part of what I, I speak about in the recent post, which which you can link if people want to go see that. It's like yeah. my eight-year journey up until this point where I just like put it all out there to right. let people know, you know, what this is really like. And, you know, I tell people all the time, the only reason I even started writing about finance is precisely because I knew nothing about finance. So I started writing a blog to, you know, hold myself accountable, but I was very real about the fact of like, look, I'm a mess. <laughs> That's funny. You know? That's and funny. Uh, a lot of the people in the personal finance community, mm-hmm. uh, blogging community, that's exactly how they started. Do you know how many stories we have in our community where someone was trying to get out of debt? Someone's 
ex-partner screwed them over. Right. Um, they lost a business. They're, you know, two million. And do you know how many of those types of stories there oh are? Gosh. Oh my gosh. They got a credit card debt. You know, they lied to their spouse about credit card. Like there's yeah. so much financial dirty laundry that has come out from the personal finance space. And what's so interesting was I started blogging in 2010 when it was still sort of like in its infancy kind mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. right? And no one was really paying attention. And then suddenly four, five, six years later, people are coming to us instead of like financial, financial institutions are hiring us to write for them. Right. Cause they don't know how because, to be, there's that word authentic, but they don't know how to be real with their people. And they're so used to being sort of brand protective, if that's such a phrase, you know? Yeah. And they're hiring us for influencer work because yep. we're, we're sort of like the liaison yep. between, you know, the consumers and the financial companies. But when I started in 2010, that wasn't really a thing, yeah. you know, yeah. I was just doing it to kind of get my stuff together. And I talk about that, you know, in the blog post. So for some, in some instances, because I have seen this online marketing and online business world shift, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And just take this massive turn that none of us who were already there really expected. Um, it's a very interesting and unique kind of experience to look back upon as I was writing that post, because I was able to see sort of like the economic changes that I was going on. And I said in the post as well, you know, we're, we're so hung up on like being perfect and in control, but there is something to be said for, you know, things not necessarily being on your time. I'm getting more and more real with this stuff too. I've got an email newsletter that I sent out, uh, not as regularly as I should, but I'm starting to just write stories about stuff I'm experiencing. And I'm finding that uh, I'm getting more traction in terms of people actually responding and say, Hey, I'd like to do an audiobook," or, Hey, I'd like to, how much for this? Or, you know, in other words, they actually are, are coming at me with the idea to do a transaction with me. And there was nothing in the content that I wrote. It was just a story about, Hey, I'm on this journey. I'm creating this startup thing called grow your podcast podcast to help podcasters. And, and, you know, and it's, I'm just telling stories more and more rather than trying to be the expert. And, and so I guess I'm a living proof that this stuff in my own, uh, I'm sort of seeing the beginnings of it really, really taking hold and working for you. Everything, your success is really born in your authentic uh, curiosity. The fact that you knew nothing about what you were writing about and, and what, but was curious to learn more and need is the mother of invention. Yeah, I actually said that on Farnoosh Charabi, who's really? like one of my financial girl crushes. Oh. She has a podcast called So Money, and I was interviewed on that podcast a couple years ago. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, it's like two or three years ago now. Yeah. Um, and I actually said that. I was like, honestly, this whole like blog business, all of this started because necessity is the mother of invention, and I'd gone six months without a job. Yep. And I got the crazy idea. Uh, well, I mean, I go through the whole story in the post, but there was this idea of googling how to start writing and one of my clients in air quotes at the time had open assignments for personal finance and I took them. That's how this all started. <laughs> wow. Isn't that funny? It's just sort of um, you're like a trip over it and then and you're also curious and th- well this is the universe conspiring. It was time to happen I guess for you. Exactly. It was time to happen. And this is what I was supposed to be doing. And by Mm. the way, stories are also really good for getting media attention. People are always trying to figure out how to get media. Pitch a good story. Right. And don't make it a we story. Make it a, well, I don't know. I guess it's a we story. I have a PR uh, colleague named uh, Melanie who has (laughs) used that expression. It's a we website. You're talking all about yourself instead of about your customer. But I guess when you're sharing a story, it's naturally about you. You're telling your own narrative and with the idea that people will relate very directly and emotionally and have a connection. 
Yeah. And that's honestly like people buy from people they trust. People right. like to help people that they like and trust. Exactly. Um, you know, I, I tell people all the time, like I have so much help around me. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it is just because people like trust and respect me. Like when I did that massive campaign, I'm pretty sure I called in every favor I had <laughs> and people were ready to jump, you know, so to beautiful. help me, so you beautiful. know, and it's because of that, you know, like trust factor. And, you know, once you have enough of that, I tell people all the time, once you really build that, you don't even have to prospect as hard as you normally would. doesn't mean stop prospecting. I'm just saying, like, I haven't had to find a new content marketing client in almost two years. Yeah, that's so They've beautiful. They've all come to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you've created a, a gravitational pull around all of this. Uh, you can find Amanda in Forbes, the Huffington Post, Business Insider, all kinds of places. Of course, look for her book on Amazon. It is called Make Money Your Honey, A Spirited Entrepreneur's Guide to Having a Love Affair with Work and Money. And it's been uh, featured in Yahoo Finance and Seventeen Magazine. You can start young and really form your relationship to money in a healthy, beautiful way. So, Amanda, thanks. Always great to be with you. I know we're going to do more of this and other podcasts as well. Great to be with you. Just to wind this down, or wind it up, I should say, you do individual coaching what else what should people know about how you sort of show up in the world to help well my main thing that i've done for many years is content marketing for financial companies so i will write you know blogs and marketing and all that stuff uh for financial institutions like i've done work for wells fargo discover Bank of Hawaii, fintech companies like Credit Karma, uh, financial media companies like Investopedia. So that's part of why you can find me everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then um, aside from that, I've gotten so many questions over the years of how I was able to build this brand, how I've been able to work with companies like Intuit. And basically what I did was I put together a six-week program based on the six steps that I took really to really build a brand and make money and basically know my market better than my market knows themselves. Wow. And what I do is I connect the dots for people between here's how you figure out your marketing, here's how to turn that into an offering, here's how that leads to money. Beautiful. And that's a six week program. And then um, that's sort of like my incubator program. It's called Persuade to Profit. And then in addition to that, I do private coaching as well. That usually is a lot more mindset stuff or it's accountability or it's figuring out the next step of the funnel after the six week program. Beautiful. Amanda, always a delight to be with you. www.amandaabea.com. That's Amanda and then the word A B. E-L-L-A. That's not a word. It's your last name. <laughs> so thanks for being with us. Uh, we'll talk soon, I'm sure. Thank you so much for having me. Small Biz, Small Biz America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.